This podcast is produced by members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but is not an official podcast of the church. All thoughts, opinions, and views expressed are strictly those of the authors and speakers. Welcome back to the I Believe in Christ podcast. I am your host, Conrad Southworth. Uh, right off the bat, I just want to apologize. I am a little under the weather today, so if I cough or sniffle, I just have a cold, and I'm sorry for that. I'll do my best not to. Uh, real quick, uh, we, well, my wife and I were able to uh, kick off some uh, social media pages so you should see or if you'd like to go ahead and follow us on our Facebook page I Believe in Christ Podcast you can follow us on Instagram I Believe in Christ Podcast I don't know if Twitter's up yet but those two are working and so uh, thank you to my wife for helping me do that because I just don't think I would have had the time to do all this anyway um, on top of that I wanted to do some housekeeping. Um, if you're listening on CastBox, for some reason there's like two of this podcast on there and the one doesn't update. So you won't probably be hearing this if you just subscribe to the other one. But feel free to unsubscribe from that one and go to the other one. If you search my name, you'll find it. Subscribe to that one because that other one is the one that's getting updated. I emailed them to fix it. We'll see what happens. But um, I just got some complaints that people couldn't find it or it wasn't updating on CastBox, but everything else seems to be working fine. So if you're still with us, I appreciate it. Um, and you know, the I Believe in Christ podcast, so this is the podcast, we'll talk a little bit about church news. We'll cover the Come Follow Me curriculum for this week, January 14th through January 20th, Luke chapter two and Matthew chapter two. Um, if you, oh, sorry, and then we will, uh, share a faith-promoting story from a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'll you know, conduct a short interview. If you've been listening so far, then you've heard from uh, the story up to this point from my grandmother, Marianne Mutreich Southworth, and her you know, faith-promoting story of being a refugee in Germany and uh, immigrating to America. So this story is pretty long and it's been taken up several episodes and there's still several more to come. Um, so I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, if you have comments, feedback, anything, please reach out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or you can email me directly at podcast at ibelieveinchrist.net. I am open and happy for any feedback that you have. I've received uh, quite a bit so far, and I really do appreciate it. Uh, it helps this podcast become better, helps me become better in what I'm trying to do. And um, I just really uh, appreciate everyone's input. So um, that being said, let's move into the church news portion of this podcast. And some don't come till heaven. But for those who embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, they come. All right. So this week in church news, um, I've recorded this part like several times because there's like no good way for me to say this but President Nelson's daughter passed away um, she was 67 years old and battling cancer 
Um, she died Friday, January 11th, 2019 at her home. Um, her name's Wendy Nelson Maxfield. So um, very sad. Please pray for her family. Pray for President Nelson. That's a, that's a very sad thing to occur. Um, the only other church news um, I was going to report on was there are free family history library classes and webinars that are going to be occurring for the month of January. So you can go onto familysearch.org and look those up. Um, they'll have uh, webinars that you can go and uh, watch online or you can go there in person. Uh, they did say that they are focused for beginners and they'll just teach you the, um, all the tools and free resources and tips and tricks that you can do. Um, <clears throat> there's no registration required. You can just hop on. So if that's something that you haven't done and you're looking at getting uh, more involved in, then uh, feel free to jump on and, and watch those. My wife is a family history consultant, like that's her calling or something close to that. So we've been trying more and more to do some family history of our own. And uh, just today I connected my great grandmother to my grandmother because none of that was done or I couldn't find it anyway. So fun stuff. It was exciting. Um, <clears throat> anyway. That's it for church news. Um, I don't have anything else. Um, if I miss something, reach out, let me know, and uh, I'll be sure to include it next week. Um, but that's it. Let's move on to the Come Follow Me lesson for this week. And believe in good things to come. All right, the Come Follow Me lesson for January 14th through the 20th is Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2. We have come to worship him. Um, in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, it reads, uh, Jesus Christ was born in humble circumstances. Uh, Mary and Joseph were journeying to Bethlehem for the census, and there was no place for them in the inns. And so they, uh, you know, Jesus was born in a manger. And as I was reading this and studying this, um, I was listening to a book the other day, um, Brad Wilcox's book, Because of the Messiah in a Manger. And um, in the book, he gives meaning behind swaddling clothes, the manger, and the inn. And he explains that the inn in Luke chapter 2 is more correctly translated as a guest room. And as the census was taking place in the city, many people from all over had come to stay in Bethlehem. So that more than likely all, all these guest rooms were full. And so as I was thinking about this and um, this other um, excerpt here that I have, it kind of made me ponder about the, the, the guest room. And it was kind of like a thought of it as a, like a biblical Airbnb. But it says, The inns of the New Testament were not like Western inns of today. An inn was generally like a guest room in a home. And hospitality was considered to be a religious duty. With so many people in town for the celebration of Passover, there were simply no guest rooms left. And Mary and Joseph had to settle for the best accommodations available, which was in a stable. These stables were commonly at the rear of homes or buildings. And um, sorry, that was Fred H. White and uh, yes, sorry, Fred H. White, Manners and Customs of Bible Lands. Um, as he was explaining the same thing that uh, Brad Wilcox was explaining. 
And so it's just very interesting to me that, you know, when you think about it, just like I had always just thought all all these hotels are full, you know, or something. But um, no, it was these guest rooms and everyone had come in from all over for the census to take place and everything was full. But they, you know, they they go to the the manger and this is where, um, you know, Jesus is born. And, um, the next section as it, as the chapter progresses is all the witnesses of Christ's birth and the people that come to visit him and what the lessons are that we can learn, uh, what lessons we can learn from each of these people that come to visit. And so I was reading this and in school, in some English class, I remember learning about text to self. And it's where you take the text you're reading and apply it to yourself. I think I, that's what I remember from it. <laughs> there was like text to world, text to text, text to self. Long time ago. Anyway, so as I was reading these next verses, I was trying to think, trying to do this text to self thing where, you know, I'm thinking, I'm putting myself in Joseph's shoes or in Mary's shoes. And I'm trying to think about, you know, imagine being there as these strangers show up you know, and they're praising my wife's newborn son, or you know, if I was married to have all of these visitors, you know, come through and, you know, just what a, uh, how reassuring it must have been for her and her faith to have these people seek out her son and testify to everyone and to her that he was the savior. And so we have the shepherds that come, we have Simeon that comes, we have Anna, and then later, um, we have the wise men that show up and weren't sure how many, but uh, it was a, probably a couple years later that the, the wise men sought out uh, or came to find Jesus. But each of these baby, or sorry, each of these visitors um, to the baby Jesus offer their own individual lessons. So read through them and see what sticks out to you and try to just put yourself in the shoes of Mary, you know, of Joseph, of these people that are seeking out um, Jesus and, you know, what they had to do to find him. And it says, uh, you know, they searched diligently. And so as you read that, just something that you can you can try. Um, as the, the section progresses through, it says parents can receive revelation to protect their families. And it references Matthew 2, 13 through 23. Um, in, in these verses, Jesus is told uh, by an angel to flee to Egypt to protect his family. Sorry, little correction. I said Jesus there, and I meant Joseph. And then in a second, I say Jesus again, and I mean Joseph. So, I meant Joseph. In the manual, it reads, Jesus never could have done what he was asked to do, protect Jesus in his childhood without heaven's help. So, I read this and immediately think about our world today. And what can I do to protect my family from the harm in today's world? from everything Satan is just blasting all of us with. And I feel like there's a lot I can do, but I feel like there's a lot more I can do with heaven's help. And so as you, you know, read through these chapters, if you have kids, great. Um, You know, think about how you can, uh, how you can protect them with revelation and heaven's help. If you don't, well, then just focus on yourself or maybe your, uh, immediate family. But in the next section, um, 
it says, even as a youth, Jesus was focused on doing his father's will and references Luke uh, chapter two, verses 40 through 52. Um, So at the end of Luke two, Mary and Joseph and Jesus voyage to Jerusalem for Passover. And Jesus is now about 12 years old. And after Passover, they begin to journey back. But Mary and Joseph found him not. And then after going back to Jerusalem, they found him. After a few days, it says, and they found him sitting in the temple uh, in the midst of doctors. And in verse 47, it reads, And all that heard him were astound, or, sorry, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Um, there is an excerpt I just wanted to read from Jesus the Christ that kind of gives some insight, I think, to this. Um, sorry, let me just pull. I didn't have it up here. Anyway, it's right here. Hold on. Stay with me. I'll just cut this out so you guys won't hear me flipping through pages of where this quote is. Maybe I won't cut it out. Maybe I'll just be lazy. Anyway, it says from James E. Talmadge's book, Jesus the Christ, he came among men to experience all the natural conditions of mortality. His boyhood was actual boyhood. His development was as necessary and as real as that of all children. The child grew and with growth, there came to him expansion of mind, development of faculties and progression in power and understanding. Our knowledge of Jewish sorry, our knowledge of Jewish life in that age justifies the inference that the boy was well taught in the law of the, in the law and the scriptures, for such was the rule. He garnered knowledge by study and gained wisdom by prayer, thought, and effort. So, Jesus wasn't given any knowledge; he garnered it by study, prayer, thought, and effort, and. As I reflect on what it must have been like for Mary and Joseph to teach Jesus and to ensure, uh, like, to make sure that he was brought up, you know, the right way and with, um, and teaching him, I kind of reflect on my own children. I have a three-year-old, a one-year-old, the one-year-old's almost two, so anyway, but I reflect on that and how I'm teaching them to study and pray and put forth effort and... It just, it just makes you reflect on what you can do to, you know, make sure that your, your children's have, your children's, your children, your child has, uh, wow, your children have all the things they need, um, you know, to progress and do what they need to. But that being said, when your three-year-old prays for you without being prompted, it's pretty dang cute. Anyway, um, the last section in this, this uh, section, I guess, is uh, the Joseph Smith translation and what is it. Um, so it's just a quick explanation on why we have the Joseph S- Smith translation and what it kind of added for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But uh, it says, The Lord commanded Joseph Smith to make an inspired revision of the Bible, known as the Joseph Smith translation. Many revisions made by the prophet are included in the appendix of the Latter-day <clears throat> saint edition of the scriptures. The LDS edition of the King James Version of the Bible also contains footnotes with the prophet's revisions. Joseph Smith's translation of Matthew 24 
known as Joseph Smith Matthew, can be found in the Pearl of Great Price. So just a quick explanation of the Joseph Smith translation, why we have it, and what we're able to gain from it. Um, moving on into ideas for family scripture study and family home evening. Um, it says to invite family members to select a person described in Luke 2, read a few verses about that person's interactions with the Savior, and share something that they learned that increases uh, their faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and then it talks about what is the Father's business and how we can you know, talk about what it is Write ideas for how we ourselves can be about our Father's business, meaning Heavenly Father, of course, and put those in a jar. And during the coming week when your family is looking for ways to do Heavenly Father's work, you can pick ideas out of the jar and you can plan a time to share your experiences. Um, the last thing it uh, recommends is to read in Luke 2.52, about how Jesus developed in his life and talk in what ways, you know, your family can increase in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. So that is um, about it from Luke 2, or sorry, Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2. Um, I hope this was helpful and please go check out the lesson. And um, yeah, if you have any tips or techniques, I guess, or anything you want me to add, let me know. Um, feel free to reach out. And that is all. On to the interview with my grandmother. So to recap what has happened in the first episode and the second episode is my grandmother, born in East Germany, um, in Rosenberg, Oh, how far back do we want to go in this recap? Basically, born in Germany, inner youth, Hitler youth group, um, moves closer to Poland, still in Germany by the coast to work for a florist. Germany loses the war. Uh, Russian soldiers come in. She has her boss shave her head. She lives as a boy on the street. A um, lot of bad things happen. Um, won't go into too much detail. But she ends up going to Berlin. Uh, she's working in Berlin. She decides she has to go back and find her mom and her brothers. And she goes and finds them. And her mom says not to come back, that there's nothing for her there. But she feels like she has to. So she goes back to Berlin, gets all of her stuff. And she goes back to the city her mother's in. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Anyway, so she goes back she, to her mother and her mother's like, why are you here? You know, there's nothing for you here. There's no jobs. All the girls here are engaged to soldiers and, you know, dating soldiers. And so we're going to pick up right about there where um, we left off. We are going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, just there, were, she shared some things with me and they were pretty, pretty intense. And I think a little too much for this podcast, but, um, after being there for a couple days, she went to see, um, just like the town hall, uh, like the, some guy at town hall basically to, to inquire about a job and where she can get a job as a florist. And, 
Um, she said he was a drunk and he lived with his daughter and, um, basically a lot of bad things had happened with him and his wife and his family and his wife had taken her own life. And so, um, I'm just going to kind of skip over that part and we're coming back in where, uh, her brother is kind of chasing her down, telling her that she, uh, you know, she got a job. And so she, um, which turns out it was just a job interview, but, um, we'll come back in here and, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, here comes my brother. My honor, my honor, you got a job, you got a job. I didn't get a job, but, uh, go to Leeds, go to Leeds, you know? So I went to Leeds just right in the afternoon, you know, went to him and I came in and he was a very friendly person. He was a very friendly person. And he said, hmm, so, um, uh, so you are a florist, you know, you're learning florist, and, uh, you know, try to fancy me. And I said, oh, you have a beautiful place here. I love that. Isn't that wonderful? And, uh, and would you believe he hired me? And later on, he said to me, I had no intention to hire you, but that was his friend. Uh, he said, when I would have hired, I wanted to have a male, yeah. you know. Would you believe he hired me? And I had a job from then on, and I would, um, when he had a, uh, I went home practically three times a week with a knapsack full of potatoes, and that's all we had then. And I was no good. It wasn't my money they needed, my people, you know. my. Yeah. Uh, it was not the money. It was they needed a person who begs. Because there was no food. Uh, my aunt worked for the Communist Party. She brought the money in, what money was needed. but um, uh, And they got portions what didn't. A bread for a day, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so many slices, yeah, so many slices there. And um, so I had to go and beg. So I went to the farms and begged for flour and see uh, and uh, whatever they gave me, you know. Yeah. And uh, see, the farms, they were threatened so badly. It was bad for everybody. They could not give you 50 pounds of flour because then they had nothing. So every time when somebody came, they gave me just a little bit. But see, they, my people couldn't even go, you know. Yeah. So, so the food I brought, and they had still, um, see, they were nearly starving, yeah. you know. So I stayed with them for, till I got, um, I got so sick, you know. Um, See, I worked and uh, for Leeds, you know, and um, I would come home. I had one pair of slacks, and that was it. Yeah. And when I, they were washed, we, ha we had a Krakow am See. It was on the lake. We washed it in the lake. You had to stay home that they would dry yeah. when they would dry. So, you know, you had them always on the, almost stood in the corner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you put them on and, and uh, went to work again, you know. Yeah. And um, so I, I stayed 
until uh, it was just almost impossible. You know, I was, I was mad, I was angry, and I had a friend. <laughs> That's where I learned the, the trade of fortune telling. Oh yeah, because I had a friend there, and um, uh, she was beautiful. I mean, I was a slob, you know, but she had blonde hair, and she lived just uh, um, next to us, and she um, uh, she liked me, and so she. Um, Made cards every day, you know. Yeah. And I learned the trade for her, and I got pretty good, you know. I'm just going to interject real quick. Um, she, she, my grandmother's talking about m fortune telling with cards, if that wasn't made clear. And um, so she makes reference to it here and a couple other times. And then once she joins the church, she talks about how she gave it up. So um, anyway, just... To make that clear, that's what she's talking about, and um, not promoting it, but she definitely uh, gives it up once she learns it's wrong. So, anyway, I'm telling you, and and he, um, uh, her father, trusted me, and when he knew I was with Orzel, he felt safe. Safe. So sometimes she wanted to go out, and she said. And my mother said, okay, now, uh, go go with her and let her throw a rock on the thing, and then you go and come up with her, because the old guy is, uh, you know, yeah. you should have seen that poor, poor guy, you know. And they had a cow also, you know. So um, I would go with her down, clum, 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 when we talked, you know. And then downstairs, um, she would leave, and I would take the shoes off and go back home. And when she came, I would go down, put the shoes on, and okay, you know. And he was happy that I spent the evening or whatever we did, you know. Yeah. And uh, I told you about that terrible smell with the bucket. Yeah. There was a bucket in the. It's it, it, see when he came and the in that place where they lived. And you could see sand and just two by fours laying. It was not even, it was under the roof, you know. Yeah. And um, uh, that's why they went to the toilet. Mm -hmm. And then they took the bucket out and put it some, you know, yeah. emptied it. And I said to the boys, we have to change that. And, you know, my, my little brothers, you know, the, the oldest was six years younger, the next one eight years younger, or, you know, the next one. Yeah. Okay, okay, Mariana, what, what, what do you want? Now, don't you have an outhouse? Yeah, we do. Uh, okay, now show me. So I would go to the outhouse, and as close as I came, I heard, bang, 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 bang. And I said, did you hear that? Yeah. What is it? Oh, Rats. I said, let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> no outhouse. So you can imagine. So I said, okay, um, we have to clean that bucket up. And that bucket was not round. It was 
flat, you know, not quite flat, but, uh, yeah. uh, and, um, and my mother would say, don't, you know, and now I had to wash it. I was ever so sorry. She says, why we had the, have the bucket, my aunt? Don't you know that bucket was shot to, to bits? It leaks, but keep, oh. <laughs> but keeps it busy. <laughs> you know, the mug. Yeah. You know, you just empty it and bring it back, you know. Can you imagine that's how we lived there? Yeah, that's how we lived. But uh, I, um, whatever I could do, and you don't know what I all, um, and my aunt, my aunt was a lifesaver. She brought, um, my mother would not tolerate that we steal, that we, uh, and the kids always said to me, you know, the young ones, my honor, we need more potatoes, we need. Don't tell mom. No, I don't. Okay, now let's go out. So we would go and get frozen potatoes. The, the, the Russians made whiskey out of it, mm-hmm. you know. So we got the frozen potatoes and just all kinds of dumb stuff. And my aunt, and the Russians gave... Um, each one for Christmas, um, two bottles or one bottles, I don't know how many, uh, of booze, you know. Yeah. And they don't didn't drink. And my aunt, she got herself some more bottles with a good cork, with everything. And she made out of just, say, four bottles, eight bottles, or two bottles, four bottles, and boiled the water and, and, and just fixed it up and put it in and sold it, you know, yeah. because everybody, you know, the drinkers want and sold it. And my mother wouldn't go for it. She said, Lodgin, they will catch you one day, <laughs> you know. But Lodgin was fearless, fearless because nothing has happened, yeah. whatever she did. And one day she came rushing home. Would you believe uh, she had sold the stuff, you know? Would you believe uh, I came home and somebody called me, Miss Stumpf, Miss Stumpf, because they all knew her from the Communist Party because yeah. the town was not that big. And she would go faster and faster and faster and faster. And he caught up to, uh, to her and he said, where did you get that? It was so good, but you ever have more? <laughs> It saved, and, and my mother would say, see, it takes a piece out of you, you know. So she was glad that it was not because she, she thought he caught on what she did. Yeah. Know? So apparently he, he didn't get so dead drunk or whatever, you know. Yeah. But he complimented her on the, uh, on the, where did you get that, you know, on that, um, on that booze, because she really put a cork in and put everything um, you know, wrapped it like if it's really new. Yeah. So, so we had our things, but I got sick. Um, I got, uh, I got so unhappy and so angry. I wanted to um, be a spy. A spy. Listen, I want, and I didn't care 
if it was for the German people or for the Russians. And they had a Russian school at Güstrow. And I wanted to attend that, and you know, me with my big mouth. And so I went to the boss and said, I want to quit. I want to, I still have the certificate. I um, want to attend a Russian school, you know, and he knew. And um, guess what he did? He wrecked me one that I ended up on the floor. And he said, you traitor, they have taken your father. Look, you know, and you want to, you know, but he wrote this thing out and gave it to me. And... um, All right, I'm going to interject just uh, another time. Right here, um, my grandmother's going to tell a story that took place in the past and part of the reason why she decided that she wanted to leave um, about when she went to go find her grandmother who was lost, um, you know, during the war. So that's what uh, is coming up. And then uh, she'll continue uh, with the story with her boss you know, hitting her and calling her a traitor after she tells about uh, crossing some borders to go find her grandmother. See, I had crossed already borders. I had to find grandma. I, 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 you know, everything is a chapter of its own. Yeah. Um, uh, I had to find grandma, had to go illegal over the border through no man's land. No man's land, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you what happens there because I laid my cards, you know. See, I went through already through all that mess that I had it. And I was always the one to go because my mother said, go find where grandma is because we found them finally where she was, you know, a red cross. Yeah. Um, You know, finally after so long, after I was found, and so um, she said, go, uh, these two people, they want to go to the Belgian border. You know, that's where they live. They pay, pay you for taking them, you know, with their luggage. Uh, Connard. Uh, belt with two suits here, uh, two suitcases here, a knapsack on the bed, uh, on the back and still something hanging around the neck. Yeah. I was loaded like a donkey. Oh, my goodness. And the people said, oh, we know exactly where we go. We have to go to there. And then uh, they told us we stay uh, half the night and uh, go over the river, you know, because it was frozen. And uh, they would pay me to bring them over and give me the money to go where I go and go back home. Yeah. Now, wasn't that a good deal? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And who could go? My Janschen. You know, that was me. I am telling you, those old, and those old people, they were um, really heavy people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but they knew where they were going. Okay. Here they, they uh, went to that railroad station It was just a little tiny uh, thing, you know, and we slept just, I don't even know um, how, just sitting up waiting to have the night. Okay, now we went. 
it, it, it should be, it's very close. And the guy said, it's straight ahead. Now you can imagine those old ladies, they start, huff, 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 you know, yeah. and they said, uh, we must be lost, you know, it's night. And I was loaded. And guess what those dumb ladies do? They knock on the window, you know, because we passed some whatever, you know. Yeah. They knocked on the window. Guess who opened it? Some Russians. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you can imagine they took their guns. Yeah. And we ran and ran. We, we didn't even know. And it wasn't just from here to... To maybe where the door is, it went down to the river, and we ran and ran and across the river, we were that that, that was West Germany. Yeah. Um, Connard, I thought, I thought my heart jumps out. Have you ever had such heartbeat that, yeah. <laughs> that, that you think you're losing it? And then of course we had to to, to um, but we made it. And the Russians behind us, you know, but they went another not another way, but they went out the other door and tried to follow us, you know. So um, we made it, and I found my grandma, and she didn't know I was coming. She lived in the barn with the cows, had a little, you know, a little room where the bed fit in. And there was, I don't know if there was a chair, but that's all what fit in, and a big um, feather bed. Now she told me her story, and she said, while she traveled with my mother, she had diarrhea, you can imagine, an old person, 72 years old, first, and, and they, they run, you know, uh, are in a train. So she, um, was in a train, and you know, they couldn't have that. Mm-hmm. It was still Germany, yeah. and they couldn't have that. So, so the Red Cross came to take her out and said, we will contact you, we take good care of it. And it was just like, they talked to you here. Mm-hmm. Watch your kids, don't leave your kids with somebody, but you never know. Yeah. So they took her out of the train, and the train left, and an air raid came. Everybody dropped everything. They dropped the old lady. They trampled over her. And, and when everything was over, they found her on the floor and carried her in the morgue, you know, because she looked dead. Oh, wow. And uh, she, you know, she, she woke up. Yeah. She looked around. And she said, you know, she told me, and she said, I'm alive! <laughs> <laughs> and they, they came and wheeled her out, cleaned her up. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, and some um, German soldier said, you look like my mother. And he saw to it that she, so she was ended up on a farm in, in West yeah. Germany. Can you imagine all those lives? No, it's, I mean, it's and, tragic, and there's some humor there, but um, that's just—it's crazy. And, and uh, I could not um, bring her home. Yeah. To what? Yeah. 
you know. So, and we had already, um, we had already moved into a room and had three beds mm-hmm. <laughs> with straw mattresses. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you know, three beds. Are you getting tired? Um, okay, single beds. One stood next to the other, and one stood like this. Aunt Lottie slept here alone, and my mother slept with two kids with the feet in the face, and I slept with two kids with the feet in the face. Oh, and <laughs> before I went to work, you know, um, and the kids were home, they picked up the fleas because they they would arrest you know we didn't have drugs but they they would you can imagine I had sting all over and one time my brother said he had fun you know when they went like this he killed them you know yeah. and he said he counted them sixty mama sixty you know that they and I would just oh you can imagine they they suck that blood yeah so you had little stings all over the place. Somebody would arrest you for, a, you know, you, t- you get shots, you know. Oh, it's just almost. But anyway, I, uh, I went um, cold turkey, you know, to, to um, I packed the same day, you know. He, he backed me one and gave me the certificate. I, uh, I just took off that day yeah. with a knapsack out. And um, see, I had laid cards uh, the day before, or what you know, and it said, um, <laughs> it said, um, you will get caught on the border. You will be arrested. Then will it be bad? No, it will be all right. You know, and, you know. See, yeah. I tell you. Um, those are all devil's tools. Yeah. That's how the devil slings people around, you know, makes them feel afraid, mm-hmm. you know. So I had laid cards, and I knew we would get caught. So I didn't have anything in what is uh, can be sold, what can be. Yeah. I just claimed I go and see my grandmother. Okay, we came to them station and um, where we um, get in the train and do the job and uh, the way it's handled is uh, no loitering okay every every place says no loitering you know what loitering means yeah and here lots of people so you walk where are you going and pass map come back I'm going over the border. Okay, next one. Uh, where do you go? I'm going across the border. Where? Oh, yeah, we have it all worked out. Um, you know, uh, we will uh, pull the... They do that all the time. They will pull the, the uh, um, station, the, the, the emergency brakes, yeah, and we hop out and the train goes on, you know. It was all worked out. And, but we had to sleep on the um, uh, railroad station before we could catch the train, you know. Yeah. And I slept, I was, 
so exhausted from all the mess, you know. I slept, and next to me was a, a sailor, and he, uh, um, he he slept, you know, you don't even look who's sleeping there. And when I woke up, and he says, I wished I could sleep like you. You slept all, you know, and he complimented me, you know, you know. And um, so we got in the train. And uh, there was a lady with kids. And, you know, we still were peddling, who's all getting out, you know. And she was all, you know, had two children. I say, did you ever think that they catch us, you know? <gasps> Why? You know, it has been all proven, you know, yeah. it's, it's a safe thing. Yeah. And I didn't say anything. But we did get there, they pulled the emergency brakes. Guess what? Mm. The train was surrounded. They arrested all of us. Oh, wow. Lined us up, you know. And you should have heard that, that poor woman with the two kids. <laughs> she was, you know, you, you get caught, see, yeah. and I, I don't want to say I knew that, but I was prepared. I hoped it wasn't true, you know. Yeah. So he lined us all up, and he had me, uh, and see, that's why I hated the Germans. It was German patrol. Oh, okay. You know, and he said to me. Um, where do you go? You know, of course, I answered. And he opened my suitcase, didn't find anything, you know. And he says, just leave. Which way? I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, so here, yeah. you know. So I uh, ran in the woods, and that sailor was after me. And he says, stay with me. I have a compass. No, 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 no. That's all I needed, you know. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. So I started it, it, taking off in the woods. Guess what? I don't know what it is. You go around mm -hmm. because I met him again. And he had a whole bunch of people <laughs> behind him. You know, I, I just uh, got lost. Yeah. And then you have to meet... Um, uh, uh, the, the border patrol, what was Russian, you know, mm -hmm. the never, because he was now in Neverman's land. Yeah. And uh, so, so he says, why don't you go with me and um, let the others, uh, they will follow us and we wave at them and everything is clear, you know. I guess what choice I had. I had to go with them. You know, so yeah. we 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 uh, had a uh, we we walked through the woods mile, I don't know, just, and then we heard the Russians talk, and we waved at them to be quiet, and they changed um, guards, and um, we just uh, swished through. So it was done. Guess what? You get out of there. You come into the um, into the um, uh, West Germany, yeah. and you, you it's over. And you know, all everybody you see, 
scatters and they are gone. You're on your own. The sailor went this way, I went this way, and here I had my knapsack looking for work. Yeah. And talking. Um, so what city are you in? What? What city are you in now? Um, I don't know what city it was. It was close to the border. We had to get on a train, and I ended up in Vorbswede. Okay. And, and Bob that is a um, movie stars live there. You know, it's it's a town where they paint. You know, Kunst, uh, who lives there? Art, lots of art, and okay. um, and people who uh, write writers live there. Beautiful yeah. place. Awesome. And um, just whittles there. You know. Yeah. And um, I'm a talker. I have to find a job. I have to find a job. Girl, what are you trying to do? People yeah. talk, you know. You got to go to somebody uh, who is either a mayor, uh, who is this and this and this, you know. Yeah. And um, so uh, he sent me to. Um, he is a mayor. He has a florist store. Yeah. So I went to him. And of course, they, they, the war has not done damage to them. You know, they are very official. And he says, no, I can't, um, I can't employ you, but I have a friend here. He lives just a little bit up there. He has a, a florist outfit, you know, yeah. his greenhouses. Why don't you try him? And then... I went to that um, place, you know, fast, 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 because you want to get off the, of, uh, you want to find a place. Yeah. And I went there, knocked on the door, and there comes an elderly lady, and I was a tough cookie. And she looked at me, you know, just old ladies, aren't they crazy? <laughs> and she looked at me, and she says, what would you like? And I say, uh, I'm a gardener, you know, and told her, and I, I'm looking for work. And she said, this is my brother-in-law. I'm just working here. I know you. And I thought, uh, you know what I thought? And I thought, fat luck. You speak a different language because she had a dialect. Mm -hmm. She was from down south and I came from the east. Yeah. You know, I didn't say anything. I know you. You come back. I talk to my brother-in-law. Wouldn't you know, I got the job. Hmm. And she was a Mormon. Oh, wow. Yep. You know, she was a Mormon. And now, of course, I was... I mean, uh, I was... Um, um, I stayed, they employed me, and I got a room there, you know. And he was uh, uh, Christian science, you know, her brother-in-law was yeah. Christian science. They are cocky people, you know. So, um, but, but anyway, see, I had nothing. I just wanted to start, yep, I got to get settled, I got to get married, I got to get, I was by now... My goodness, 20, huh? yeah. I guess. And uh, time. Um, so I wanted to start um, 
uh, get with it. Yeah. Start to smoke. Oh. Boy. And I knew uh, you have you get a long thing and put it on on. You really know and and I. Sophisticated. Huh? I, you bet. When you do it, you do it good. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's that's. You know, drink coffee. Oh, that stuff. You know. Yeah. And um, and I went out with some boys. Oh, what a tragic. You know, I I I just had never to do with scummy. Yeah. You know how they talk, and but I had to learn also how to drink. You can't just go in a bar with somebody that because you take they take you to the bar, mm -hmm. you know, and you cough all over the place. Yeah. Oh, and that stuff tastes ugly, you yeah. know. So everything I tried was um, was, was not, and then that slimy old lady. Oh, the Lord loves. Uh, uh, young people. Oh, the Lord! And, uh, you know, and she talked about the Lord, and I said, oh, forget it. Uh, you know, and I used to go to the churches, and they aggravated me so bad that I went out and went to the show. Mm -hmm. It was not what I wanted. I wanted to serve, serve, and there was nothing you even knew where you could serve. He preaches, he has a few little people there, but it's all he is serving. I, I, there's nothing to do, you know. See, I wanted to serve. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, um, oh, not that I told her, I thought she is nuts. Yeah. And she said, oh, um, I had never heard about the Mormons or the Church of Jesus Christ. Or, it's a sect, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, she was so nice to me that she said one day, you should go in. I can't go because uh, you have to go walk to the train and get to the town and get to the thing, you know. Yeah. And so I said, okay, um, okay, I will go just to do a favor one yeah. time, I swear, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I um, had to get up 2 o'clock in the morning go and walk and walk and walk, and that little train came, you know, uh, we called them John Arinas. Um, and it was just like, um, to pick flowers is forbidden while the train is in action, you know. Yeah. You know, it was just a slow train. And I came to the big city, and I had to wait till the uh, Sunday, till, till the streetcar comes, and you go on the big dome, you know, the dome is a big church, okay. and there is a bar, and it is upside, it is upstairs, and the bar is a room, and that's where they meet. And you go to Sister Dita's and tell her I send you, mm -hmm. and here I come, you know, pass that thing, go up, and there's, uh, by the door was a priest, looking me up and down and say, forget about me. I will never see you again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a very bad attitude. And then I found Sister Dieters. Oh, yeah, Sister Jessica. Oh, that's wonderful. Just come and sit with us. And so she had a son. He was uh, two years younger or three years younger. Mm -hmm. Oh, he smiled, you know. And uh, everybody was friendly, and there was a big row of people in the back. 
all old people, they just nodded their head and nuts. And here the, the thing began, you know, and the bishop came in. And he, uh, they were singing songs. My goodness, I like those songs. My, I, I cannot understand. I'm not, uh, you know, the other, you know. They had songs with a meaning, you yeah. know. And, oh, that went well. And he started talking. You, what you, what Germany got, they deserved. And he bawled the members out. You didn't pay tithing. You didn't go to church. You didn't keep the word of wisdom, you know, mm -hmm. and rattled all on and pounded. And guess he was cross-eyed. And, and, you know, I promised I never go back. And I was scooting down. I said, I never went to church. You know, I don't know what tithing gives. Give him anything to be under the Lord's. We have prophets. And I thought, boy, we run like cattle. You know, have no leader, you know. Yeah. We need a prophet. And I tell you, I came out of that meeting, you know, and had to go back. You know, I came to the railroad station, and I, I told you my short prayer, Lord, what now? And I saw a big um, uh, dead end sign. Mm -hmm. This is it. And I thought, this is it? I can't believe it. Lauren doesn't even give him credential, but they have a prophet. And I had a testimony right there. It was done. I, from then on, I practically went to church every time I could and, you know, came to America. But I have to tell you that later. But um, I um, came in and uh, had many hurdles to overcome because the, the missionaries came in and they uh, picked up young girls, brought them to the place, to the church. Yeah. And the missionaries went and uh, the authorities called the bishop to get the, the girls out of the bar, you know. And he says, from now on, we don't baptize anybody until they have been in the church a year. And I was converted. You could have baptized me the next month. I was, I had to wait a year. <laughs> Can you imagine? To me, it didn't matter, but I learned to pay tithing, you know, and I made my, but, but that was the first, um, the first meeting. Um, can you imagine? So, uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever was said, it did good for me. Yeah. But he looked at me just like if he looked only at me with his cross-eyed uh, eye, you know. Yeah. And uh, that was it. Yeah, no, it's remarkable. See, uh, that was my first step. And I had to learn everything, you know, that I had to learn to pray. I had to learn to, to um, uh, pay tithing, word of wisdom, very welcome. Who wants to do that junk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually glad, you yeah. know, that you don't need to drink. The Lord loves you, you know. Yeah. So, so I'm. Um, you can believe I. Um, you can't rock me. I might uh, say something, and they say you can't say that, you know. But um, I. Um, 
I know the church is true, and I know uh, the Lord leads you, and now I can tell you, all the time the Lord protected me, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, no angel when wings came and flew me out just because the yeah. Lord said to me, see, that's what we have to understand. It is, uh, we have to understand that, um, that um, uh, we are here to make decisions, wait till the time comes. See, look what I all had to go through. Yeah. To even get to the place to hear about the church. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. And how old were you when you got baptized? What? How old were you when you got baptized? Was I 19 or, yeah. 19 or 20? Yeah, 19, 20, 21, 22, yeah. Wow. But the time, but every day was an excitement. Every day was a decision. Every day was a misery. Every day was, oh my gosh, now this, you know. Yeah. And she, she uh, saw me laying cards, you know, for, for some people where she worked and where I worked. And I laid cards and they paid me because, you know, yeah. you get well paid as a fortune teller. And she came to me and she said, oh, you can't do that, that's from the devil. Now, I didn't want to have any, that's, that's, that's really bad. And I threw the cards away, I never looked at them again. Oh. I, I just, yeah, that's it. All right, well, that concludes the uh, episode this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. As we've uh, progressed through Mariana's story and as she's kind of told about everything she, she went through up to this point and um, joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and um, it's, it's very remarkable. And there's more to the story um, coming up, so next week we'll be more with her. Um, just to give you an idea, this um, episode concludes a three-hour, one three-hour interview that I um, conducted with her uh, interview, if you can call it that. Um, anyway, and so the, the next one, hopefully the audio is a little better. Um, we did the mic much better. And so, uh, next week plan on that. And like I said, there's just, there's more to the story. Um, it doesn't end there. Um, and so, um, I hope you guys are enjoying, um, before I forget audio, if it was better in this one, I heard last week's wasn't that great. So the, the music in this podcast, sorry, it, uh, was brought to you by Colobite. Check them out on Spotify um, or on Twitter at Colobite Music. And yeah, reach out. Let me know if you enjoyed it or what I can do better. And uh, I appreciate all of you listening and have a good week. Thanks. Don't you quit. You keep walking. You keep trying. There is help and happiness ahead. You keep your chin up. It will be all right in the end.